The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Covers Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, recording this after the second night of a back-to-back for the Hawks, where they overcame a late Philadelphia 76ers run. The game was well in hand, but Doc Rivers put some people on the from the bench onto the floor. They started playing well, started gelling, started getting stops and scoring, and when the game was well in hand and about four minutes left, you have to close out the final stretch of the game. The Hawks did do that, but it was a little rocky at times. So they pulled out the win last night, 104 to 95 over the Philadelphia 76ers, which was a huge win and a huge bounce back win after the previous night where they lost to the Utah Jazz, 125-119. And this is going to be a quick recap of this back-to-back. Now, the Hawks were 2-0 prior to the night in back-to-backs. Now they are 3-1, which is still good. Um, You really wanted to win that Utah Jazz game. And I said last episode, if you listened, the Hawks are going to have to play hard and compete against this Utah Jazz team. Even though the Hawks may have more top-end talent, Then the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz play very well as a team. And they're playing with a lot of confidence. And when you look at the numbers, and if you remember watching the game, the Hawks could score points, but it was just, Utah was just executing at a high level offensively. And they are the number one rated offensive team in the NBA. And it was like the Hawks were defending for... 21, 22 seconds. In the last two seconds within the shot clock, that's when a breakthrough would happen, and then boom, a cut to the basket or a big three from the Jazz. It just felt, it just felt like they weren't battle. Not not weren't battling. It was just you have to sustain defense for the full possession against a really good offensive team. And they just fell short. They just fell short. I mean, the Hawks had two, oh, sorry, three players scored 20 points or more and had six players in double digits and still lost the game on Wednesday night in Atlanta. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, and any if you look at the team stats, which you know, I like to look at team stats because I want to see how they're how they're playing. And the difference in the game, and it's been a difference pretty much the whole season. When you look at the stats, field goal percentage was dead even. Three point shooting percentage, however, was in favor of the Utah Jazz. Utah shot 43.6% from three, made 17 threes out of 39 attempts. 
whereas the Hawks only made eight threes out of 28 attempts and shot 28.6% from three. So the three-point line was a difference, even though the score difference was only six points. You make three more threes, you win the game. You can also look to free throw attempts. Utah had 24 free throw attempts, and they got a lot of funky calls, especially in that first half. It kind of balanced out second half, but still, Utah got 24 free throw attempts and made 20 of them. The Hawks had 11 free throw attempts, made 9 of them. And the Hawks get to the free throw line the fewest amount of times per game in the NBA, which is something they certainly need to work on. And that was exploited um, on Wednesday night. The, the, the Hawks are not strangers to fouling people. They are not strangers at all to fouling people. And Utah, being a really savvy offensive team, took advantage of that. So they won free throw attempts and three-pointers made. The Hawks out-rebounded the Jazz, which is great. 24 team assists, one shy of my favorite number of 25 team assists. But they were moving the ball. They didn't move the ball enough, in my opinion, and I thought at times they could have moved the ball more instead of rushing shots early in the possessions, which is, Trey Young is a culprit of that, and we all know that. We're, I'm not going to shy away from it. Trey Young does shoot some erratic shots at time, and it kills the flow of the game, or he shoots it and misses it, and the next thing you know, the other teams on a fast break getting an easy basket. So shot selection as Trey Young is trying to find his rhythm uh, efficiency-wise shooting the ball this year is something that we're going to have to kind of sit through and see him work it out. I mean, he's our best player. He's going to get shots every game. So we're going to have to kind of just watch him work through this, which could be frustrating as a fan. And trust me, as frustrating as it is for fans to watch it, it's frustrating for Trey Young to go through it as well. We have to keep that in mind, even though it does suck in the moment that, crap, like, why did you shoot that, Trey? Come on, Trey. Let's run the offense. Run the offense. Um, He has to do it. He has to do it. So it is what it is there. Uh, steals were even. Blocks were plus one in favor of Utah. Turnovers were pretty even. Hawks had 11 turnovers. They forced 13 Jazz turnovers. Jazz won the fast break points by three. Hawks won points in the paint, which was a key going into the game. And ironically, the Jazz had more team fouls than the Hawks, which when you look at the free throw differential, is really, really hard to imagine. But like I said, the big difference was three-point shooting and free throw attempts and... The Hawks, at times, did execute on offense, but there were some key possessions they needed to execute and then didn't, and they needed to get stops, and there was just times where they just could not get stops against a really good offensive team, no matter how hard they tried. So you got to tip your cap to the Utah Jazz. That's why I tweeted. You just got to give them credit. They're playing well. They're number one in the Western Conference for a reason, and... In a year where everyone was just like, okay, they're going to tank. You know who's going to be number one. It's going to be Wimby. Everyone's going to be clamoring from him. Hey, I get it. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead and tank and see 
if you can get Wimby or one of the other talented players that are coming into the NBA next year. But certainly the Jazz took it personal like MJ in the last dance and said, you know what? We're going to show some people that we have pride in this team and we're going to play. And that's what you saw. You We ran against a team that played with a lot of pride and played well as a team. And it's just great. It's great to see for them. It is great to see for them. Um, it makes for a great story. I mean, now, like I said, they're on top of the Western Conference by how many games? Hold on, let me look. By a half a game now, they're on a four-game winning streak. And they have a 5-3 and three record on the road, and they're undefeated at home. So they're playing like the, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Lloyd Markkinen, who was the leading scorer for the Jazz, had a, I don't, I think they said it's a career high or close to it, 32 points. He was 9 of 18 shooting from the floor, 6 of 8 from 3, hit all 8 of his free throw attempts. And Markkinen has had some pretty good games against the Hawks, especially in Cleveland. He's had some solid games against the Hawks. So the Hawks are not unfamiliar with what he can do offensively. We just, he we let him score a lot of points, especially in that first quarter, get in the rhythm, and it just carried through the rest of the game. So you got to tip your cap. Aloy Markin, and I said the episode before, he's playing at a borderline all-star level, and I would not be surprised if he sustained this play. If he gets all-star votes and maybe he gets into the, uh, the all-star game this year. Uh, it's a long season. You got to play more than 13 games, but... Certainly, he has put himself in a position that if he can continue this pace, that he could be an NBA All-Star. Again, 32 points on Wednesday night, eight rebounds, one block. Kelly Olenek, who usually plays well and is really familiar with the Hawks, had 14 points, six rebounds. He was 6-10 from the floor, one of three from three. Added two assists. Uh, Vanderbilt, who I said is a menace on the glass, had six points and seven rebounds. On Wednesday night, including one steal, Conley, who was big down the stretch running the offense, had seven points offensively, but had 13 assists, which was a team high on Wednesday night. So he was really instrumental in running the offense. And you already know Jordan Clarkson is a bucket, and he got buckets on Wednesday night. 23 points for Clarkson, 7 of 18 shooting from the floor, 2 of 7 from 3, hit all seven of his free throw attempts. Added four rebounds, five assists. And then off the bench, Walker Kessler, the former Auburn Tiger, who is from the Atlanta area. He had family in attendance. He had a really good game. I'm assuming playing in front of family just brings something out of you. And it did. He had 12 points, six rebounds, three blocks, and one assist. So a really good game off the bench for him. And then Malik Beasley, another former AT alien, uh, went to high school in Alpharetta at St. Francis. 18 points off the bench. He hit six three-pointers, added six rebounds, one assist, two steals. Um, and Horton Tucker added eight points off the bench, five assists, three rebounds. So just great team basketball. They were sharing the ball, moving the ball around. They were knocking down their threes, getting open looks. And that's the product of a really good offensive team. And... The Hawks just ran into a really good team on Wednesday night. We got to tip their cap to them. I've said that multiple times, and you know I mean it. And like I said, the Hawks had three players score over 20 points and lost. Um, that 
Team high, 26 points, belonged to DeJounte Murray. He shot 11 to 20 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3, had four free throw attempts, made three of them, added six rebounds, five assists, no steals, but one block. Trey Young was not efficient from the floor. He was 10 of 28 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, added nine assists, four rebounds, two steals. He was plus eight on the night on Wednesday night. Clint Capella was a monster on the glass and had a really nice stretch of four games. And after the slow start, to see Capella playing at this level, basically the level that he was playing at pre-Achilles injury, not last year, but the year prior, has been really great to see. This energy and effort on the glass has been needed. It's been needed. Win or lose, it's been needed. And he brought it two nights in a row, which I love seeing. And he's been rewarded on the offensive end, getting looks as well. He had 13 field goal attempts on Wednesday night, made seven of them for 15 points. He had 19 total rebounds, including 10 offensive rebounds. 10 offensive rebounds, 19 rebounds in total, added two blocks. Monster, monster game from Clint Capella. He's been playing at a high level lately, and it's been great to see. The other 20-point scorer for the Hawks was DeAndre Hunter on Wednesday night. 22 points, 9 of 15 shooting from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, hit all three of his free throw attempts, added three rebounds and one steal. John Collins with a solid game offensively and actually had the highest plus minus on the team. We need to continue to get him more looks. I'm going to continue to say that. 15 points on eight field goal attempts, made six of them, hit his only three-point attempt on Wednesday night. Both of his free throw attempts added four rebounds, Three assists. And then off the bench, Okongwu played 20 minutes, scored four points, had five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Justin Holiday off the bench, 10 points, including two made three-pointers, added two rebounds. A.J. Griffin played 10 minutes, only made one field goal attempt, and it was a three-pointer for three points. And Holiday only made one basket for two points. I say, again, the difference between the two teams, three-pointers, free-throw attempts, and I'm going to say bench play. The bench played better. Now, the Hawks' bench was it's, it's always going to be good defensively. They're always a really good defensive bench, and they do bring some energy off the bench but they just were outplayed by Utah's bench. And like I said, they just ran against a really good team on Wednesday night. But the great thing about it is that you always have another opportunity. It's not the end of the season. And they got another opportunity at home to right their wrongs from the night prior as they welcomed the Philadelphia 76ers last night. As I said, they got a win. We're going to dive a little bit more into that game. But first, just quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, 
Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other ranked list, I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turn those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, we are back. As I said, the Hawks got to rewrite their wrongs last night, welcoming a struggling Philadelphia 76ers team into the State Farm Arena. And after last night's loss, and we have to see Philadelphia again on Saturday night, the 76ers are now 5-7. and 5-7 and seven overall right now and fourth in their own division. And then when you look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, the 76ers are sitting at, I'm pulling it up now, 11th. So they're not even in a playing spot right now. Yes, James Harden is hurt, and they are dealing with the loss of a point guard. They're putting a lot of responsibility on Tyrese Maxey to run the offense, which means also more on Joel Embiid, who was pretty much their only consistent offense last night. Because, you know, you really can't stop Embiid. Only person that can stop Embiid is himself. And we saw that last night. He stopped himself with a lot of self-inflicted wounds and turnovers from Embiid. But 5-7 and seven overall, 11th in the Eastern Conference. And on the flip side, the Hawks are now 8-4, and four, fourth in the Eastern Conference, two and a half games back from the Milwaukee Bucks. And just playing pretty good basketball. I mean, they can always be better. But what they did last night is they really honed in defensively. That's something that they really could have done better against the Utah Jazz. But like I said, the Utah Jazz are a really good offensive team. And it showed on Wednesday night. So the Hawks really took it to heart that they needed to do better on the defensive end. And they did that. They did that. Um, Philadelphia did shoot poor and had poor shot selection the entire night, which did help the Hawks. But when you hold a team to under 39% shooting from the floor and 20% from three, more times than not, you're going to win the game. And on the flip side, the Hawks shot 44% from the floor and 23% from three, still struggling from three. That's going to be pretty much a running theme this year for the Atlanta Hawks, but defense is what helped them win this game last night. And we're not going to complain about it because, I mean, we held them under 100 points and the Hawks didn't play the cleanest game, especially down the stretch. They did not play in the cleanest game. Yes, you out-rebound Philadelphia by nine. That's a win. 19 team assists, I mean, at least you won the game, but you need more ball movement. And there was times where they weren't moving the ball and the Hawks shot selection was poor at times. 
I'm sure that the 76ers, who will get another crack at you on Saturday night, will look at that and crank it up on the defensive end. So you really have to make a concerted effort on a Saturday night to move the ball more, run more offensive sets, get cleaner looks, especially being on the road in a ruckus environment because you know how the fans are in Philly. They are not kind to the Atlanta Hawks. So that's certainly something that we have to improve on before Saturday night. Eight-team steals, two blocks. We had a lot of turnovers last night. 18 turnovers for the Hawks. You forced 17 of them for the 76ers, but 18 team turnovers. That is not going to win you a lot of games. You have to take care of the ball. They won points in the paint, won fast break points. They got to the free throw line a little bit more than the season average. 23 free throw attempts last night. Still fouled quite a bit and gave the 76ers 30 free throw attempts. But... By the grace of God, you win last night. And it's credited to your defense because certainly offensively, you turned the ball over a lot. You still didn't shoot well from three, and there was still a lack of ball movement. That was a product last night of going against a team that's just not playing well and skating by. I mean, you did well on the defensive end, but you kind of. I mean, it's the second out of a back to back, so I can throw them that bone, but. Against the teams like the Utah Jazz, if we would have played like this against the Utah Jazz, oh, this would have been a blowout. This would have it would have been a blowout. We would have got blown out by the Utah Jazz with how well they're playing and the confidence they're playing with. So we certainly must play better on Saturday night in Philadelphia. But a win is a win. You'll take it. Like I said, we moved to eight and four, five and two at home. So we continue to attempt to protect home court. As I said, most of the offense for the 76ers was Joel Embiid, their leading scorer. He had 26 points, 9 of 18 shooting from the floor, 8 of 10 from the free throw line. Added 13 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. But like I said, he did turn the ball over a lot. Had 8 turnovers last night and 5 personal fouls. So certainly he struggled last night with turnovers and not fouling, and they really took advantage of, I want to say he was sluggish, but he he has a lot on his shoulders without James Harden, and the Hawks certainly took advantage of that. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, who has a lot on his shoulders, trying to run things with, with James Harden out, had 15 points. He was the second leading scorer, but did not shoot well from the floor. 5 of 17 from the floor. Two of six from three, added four rebounds, five assists. And I expect Tyrese Maxey to have a better game in Philadelphia. He plays a lot better at home, so we have to get ready for him to want to answer back for this poor performance. Uh, Tobias Harris didn't give him a lot, 12 points, five of 15 shooting from the floor. Didn't make a single three, two rebounds, three assists, but five steals, so he was playing defense there. Uh, but five steals from him, only three points from P.J. Tucker, five from DeAnthony Melton. He did add 10 rebounds himself, and you know what Melton can do on the defensive end. And then off the bench, they got some help, got some production. Uh, Niang added nine points, did not shoot well from the floor, but gives you nine points and had four free throw attempts there, was aggressive getting to the free throw line. Daniel House had eight points off the bench. 
Montrez Harrell came in late, only played three minutes, but had eight points in those three minutes. I expect with the energy and effort he played with down the stretch, we're going to see a lot more Montrez Harrell in game two on Saturday. So we have to continue to bring the energy in the front court that we have been bringing in. And our front court has been playing very well lately. We have to give credit where credit is due. Another monster game from Clint Capella. Ten field goal attempts last night, made seven of them. Four of six free throw attempts. Had 18 points, had the highest plus minus on the team. Added another 19 plus rebound game. First player in the NBA to do that this year. Two straight games with 19 plus rebounds. 20 last night. Five on the offensive glass, 15 on the defensive glass right there. So 18 and 20, a great game from Capella. He just completely outcompeted Embiid on the glass and just in the paint in general. John Collins with a solid game, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, three of 11 from the floor, but hit all five of his free throw attempts. So it was aggressive getting to the free throw line there. DeAndre Hunter, slow start, but finish stronger, especially in the mid-range game, had 14 points, six of 13 shooting from the floor, one of three from three, added four rebounds. Trey Young with a much better, much more efficient offensive game, I'd like to say. Last night, 26 points for him through three quarters mostly. Did not really score in the fourth quarter, but 26 points, 7 to 21 from the floor, 2 of 8 from 3. Hit all 10 of his free throw attempts, added three rebounds, seven assists, one steal. Did have six turnovers to account for. And there was quite a few players with more than two turnovers. You had Collins, Hunter, Young, Murray, who I'm going to get to in a minute. And Justin Holiday, they all had more than two turnovers. So as a team, you got to take care of the ball better going into Philadelphia on Saturday night. I will continue to say that. DeJounte Murray had one of her, one, his streak of 20 points ends last night, had 10 points last night, 5 of 13 shooting from the floor, 0 for 4 from 3, added 3 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, uh, Minus 14 and plus and minus. Not his best game in 35 minutes, but I expect him to play a better game on Saturday night and respond there. A Congo off the bench was great last night. Great. Like I said, the center position between a Congo and Capella, they just were ballers last night. 10 points from him, 5 or 6 shooting from the floor, hit a couple mid range jumpers that I liked seeing, had 11 rebounds, 2 blocks. Five fouls. We always have to worry about fouls with a Congo, but a really good game off the bench. A.J. Griffin added one three-pointer last night. Two rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Justin Holiday was six points off the bench. Two three-pointers made and four rebounds. Jalen Johnson, who did come into the game with some hamstring tightness, only played six minutes, which is probably good not to do any further damage to that hamstring and you have a day rest. Before obviously taking on Philadelphia on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting to see the minutes he gets. He only had two points in those six minutes. Also added a steal and a rebound. And then Aaron Holiday with four points off the bench. Added two steals, two rebounds, and assist. You'll take the win. But the Hawks can certainly play better on the offensive end. Moving the ball around. Taking care of the ball. And taking advantage of Maxi. Obviously, having to add a responsibility of running the offense, 
for the Philadelphia 76ers. But I expect Embiid and those guys to play better at home. So the Hawks better get ready. This is a game you got to win. Philadelphia is the walking wounded right now. They're not playing well. You have to find whatever motivation, whatever offensive magic. And it doesn't need to be magic. It's just moving the ball around and just executing and taking care of the ball. But you have to do that going into Philadelphia on Saturday night. It's going to be a tough game, but certainly a a winnable game. Like I said, Wednesday was a winnable game for the Hawks. It came down to, as I said, three-point shooting, free throw attempts, and execution on the defense and offensive end down the stretch. You were up by 10. You let them claw back and take the lead on your home court and beat you. Fourth quarter execution again last night was shaky. You were up by 20. And then next thing you know, they claw back to nine. And that's where the game ended at. You won by nine points. And certainly you dominated that game. And it doesn't show in the final score. Philadelphia is going to play better. We have to play better. I'm looking at the stats right now through 12 games. The Hawks right now are 10th in points per game in the NBA. And opponents' points per game, they're 14th, which is not bad. Top half of the NBA. Offensive rating, they're 14th. I think that's going to get better as the season goes on. Their defensive rating is 10th, which I'm really impressed with right now. Um, But Saturday night will be about the Hawks just playing Hawks basketball. Just being better. Being better execution-wise. Sustain energy on a defensive end. Taking care of the ball. Moving the ball around. Play Hawks basketball. I need the bench to step up a little bit more. They um, have not played as well as they did against the Milwaukee Bucks the last two games. But certainly they are still playing with an energy and an effort. Led by El Congo at times. Justin Holiday, Jalen Johnson on the defensive end. A.J. Griffin with his shooting. You have a solid bench without bogey in the lineup right now. And I think offensively, the Hawks are only going to get better, but we must be ready to travel up to Philadelphia and play hard because doc is going to have that team ready to play at home. He's going to have that team ready to play at home. And then after that, you have to take on the Milwaukee bucks after that, who are going to be licking their chops to get revenge on you after you beat them earlier this week. So tough stretch on the road, the next two games for the Hawks, but It's not about what the other team does. In reality, it's about us playing as best as we can on both ends of the floor. And that is, if I'm Nate McMillan, that's what I'm challenging this team. Uh, I can't really point to Nate McMillan, like really faulting him early in the season like a lot of fans want to. It's growing pains. It's going to be ebbs and flows. They're going to have to learn how to play as a team and learn what they need to do to win games. And we know what it takes is defense. Defense is going to help them win games. Ball movement is going to help them win games and high level execution is going to help them win games. Those are the keys. Let's see them take control on Saturday night. Like I said, it's a very winnable game. You should win that game in Philadelphia, but it's why we play the game. It's why the other team gets paid. They're going to be up. And in this tough stretch, if you're keeping track right now, the Hawks in this tough stretch of eight games that we talked about are now two and one. If you can move to three and one after Saturday, and then 
let's say you drop a tight contest against the Bucks on the 14th, which is Sunday. I want to say, I think it's Sunday. Um, before coming back home for two games against the Celtics and the Raptors, you'll take that. You'll take that. But as again, it's a one game at a time. Good win last night, solid win, but not your best. Not your best. And we need their best these next two games away from State Farm Arena. You're not going to get have the energy that the home crowd gives you. You have to create your own energy, and that comes from the defensive end and then turn that into offensive execution. So we will see how they play on Saturday night. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. If you listen to this podcast, please retweet the show updates The when we're out. Show more followers. Tell more people to listen. Tell them to give good reviews for us. Uh, that's only how we're going to get better and we're going to grow here as a program on Ethos Hawks as the season goes on. You know the drill, share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans, it does not matter. Put them onto the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. We'll catch you guys after the second game between the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday night. And let's go, Hawks.